Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, Positively Different Radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and Mon. Of course, you're listening to the delayed broadcast and so we already know what is coming up in today's show and can give you a bit of a preview, but of course it's so much more fun to listen to the live show and as always, every morning we encourage you switch over to live show where all the action takes place, you get the news, you get the weather and the comments on the news are always so much more up to date than with the delayed broadcast and of course you get the opportunity to be able to call in and participate in the show. So... Here's how you become a part of the live show. You simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play. Now, I know that most of you listen to the radio in your car, and so you can do that with your browser on your phone, or you can do it the simple way is to do it by using the TuneIn Radio app, and you simply search for Faith FM Australia. Make sure you get the free version. Search for Faith FM Australia. Um, press the little heart-shaped button that will put it in your favorite so that it's ready there to go every morning as you travel down the road. And then simply run that through your auxiliary cord or through your Bluetooth, or if you've got an old, old enough car, you can run it through your tape player with a tape player insert, which simply has a cord coming out of it that plugs into your phone. That's how we listen to the radio these days, and that's how you have perfect signal wherever you go. Okay, so uh, coming up in today's show, Mon is going to be talking about uh, some new technology that a NASA scientist invented. Uh, just to have, uh, I guess whole bunch of fun with a bunch of criminals. So that's her story. I'm going to be talking about um, Sunday laws in Western Australia. And these are Sunday laws that I support and would like to see more of them. In fact, I think this is a Sunday law that should be Australia-wide and I think it should be a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday law. But to find out what that's all about, you're going to have to stay tuned because that will be with us in around about 20 minutes or so. So we have that. We have a, an amazing uh, interview with Candice Bergen, who's going to be talking about uh, health ministry and her journey of faith. Um, and also uh, she's uh, a quite an accomplished singer-songwriter. She's written over 100 songs and put out her first album. So that uh, program is coming up a little later. And, of course, after that, we are digging into the book of Revelation once again. We're going to dig in there deep. We're going to discover what the Bible has to say, particularly about the synagogue or the church of Satan. How does a person become a church of the Satan? That and so much more. Uh, coming up on today's show, stay tuned and we will be back right after this. In the beginning, you brought this world to life with only a whisper. Let there be light. Now here in my heart Won't you come do the same Shine in my darkness And chase it away
the pain God won't you burn this old self away yeah oh this is redemption and this is the change I need and it's been a long time Listening to Josh Wilson, Let There Be Light here on Faith FM. Mon, take us away with the yes, quiz. Yes, good morning and welcome to your breakfast Bible quiz, specifically designed to wake your brain up in the morning. You ready for this, Lyle? Is your brain awake this morning? Have you been to the gym this I morning? I have been to the gym oh, this morning. Really? I'm so, so awake, awake right now. I told you, I have to get the gym done before work, otherwise it doesn't get done. I think, so. I think this is a great thing for uh, Faith FM radio as you're doing the gym. Yeah. The yeah. How's that? Does my, does my voice sound skinnier? Because <laughs> I guarantee you the rest of me ain't yet. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. No, because it just like, you know, I did have time after work to go to the gym, but I just found that if something came up, like it was a normal time to do it after 9am, where a gym after 9am, it's not that normal. And so I'd always sort of skip the gym to do other stuff. And I was like, no, I can't keep skipping it. I have to get a time where nothing else will possibly crop up. Yep. And that is 5 a.m. <laughs> and that's where you get the best result. Yes, that's right. That's right. You were telling me about that yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about that. Okay, this morning's quiz, it's a what city am I quiz. And the first clue is this. While battling the Philistines, David longed for water from a well near the gate of this city. Oh, Lyle's immediately gone to write down an answer. He's got his pen to paper, he's scribbling something down, and he has it correct. Yeah, okay, good too on you, Lyle. Easy, if you know the easy. answer, give us a call. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text 0491-064-669 or message us through any of our social media platforms. And we will send you the prize, which today I haven't organized yet. It's in the prize box in the corner. Sorry, I'll get it out during the next song break. <laughs> but yeah, that's our, that's our quiz for the day. So give us a call. 
So Mon was looking up some uh, glittery good news for this morning. Yeah, I'm really was, bummed about this. Was, yeah, you, it, it came up as recent news, but it's not. It's not. Yeah, so I actually, I actually saw it yesterday. Uh, only yesterday? Yeah, yesterday morning. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to tell you that. But yesterday's good news was so good, I had to put that one on the side. And so this morning, like I was thinking about this morning, I was at the gym. I was like, I can't wait to tell Lyle about that thing. And then I get in. And it, it turns out like it's old news. It's six months old, yeah, at so, least. So some some sneaky journalist has listed it as being recent, but it's actually old news. Uh, now that we, because you said don't talk about it, it's old. But now you've started talking ah. about. It. Now everyone's going to want to know what I'm talking no, about. No, 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 no. We just, we don't we we can't talk about it. It's too old. It's uh, Lyle. That's a horrible thing to do to our listeners. By the way, listeners, we have a really funny, cool story that we've been laughing about. We're just going to mention it, but we're going to tell you about it. Though. <laughs> we're going to have to do it now. We're going to have to do it now. Okay, this is a bit old, even though it cropped up on my news feed just yesterday. But this is hilarious. I've been watching the video. So there's a, there's a guy in the States... Um, He's With been too ha- much money and too much time on his hands. No, I think he's a genius. He was having an issue with having packages stolen off his front porch. Um, so the mailman would deliver them to and leave them on his um, on his doorstep, and people would come and steal them. And he actually had that's sev- a pretty low thing to do. I know. And the crazy thing is, he had CCTV. You can see the thieves come up the driveway, go to his porch, pick up his packages and walk off. He takes the footage to the police, and the police are like, "Oh, it's not important enough for us to invest our time." Fair enough, I suppose. Um, there's you know bigger crimes than package theft going on that police do need to dedicate their time to. But it did leave him feeling powerless and helpless and just frustrated. But this guy, it turns out, is not your ordinary guy. This is an ex-NASA NASA sci- uh, engineer scientist. Mm-hmm. So he's got like a lot of brains. And like Lyle said, a lot of time and a bit of cash. <laughs> he spent six months engineering a a package bomb essentially but it's a glitter bomb a smelly glitter bomb so and it has uh, cameras embedded inside it so basically when you lift the case off it explodes a cloud of glitter like a huge cloud a of huge, huge cloud, cloud of, of glitter. glitter like if the if the thief opened this in this in his car i guarantee you're you you're never cleaning you're it you're never ever cuz it was really fine glitter you never going to get all that glitter out of your car and then simultaneously there's a little spray can in there that sprays out um it's called a fart bomb and <laughs> it sprays out noxious fumes Every thirty seconds, just continuously um, spraying out these noxious fumes until the until the thief just can't handle it anymore and throws it out his car window, right? And then that way, and it has it's embedded with four cameras, so you can see it from all different angles. Uh, GPS, so they can track it. Uh, iClouds, the, the the footage gets uploaded just in case, even if he does steal the package in the end, uh, they can still get the footage. It was just amazing. It took six months. <laughs> And then, of course, and then of course, they just go and pick it up again and use it again. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Because the fart bomb ensures that the people do the, not keep it. That's right, that's right. And so, <laughs> it's so funny. And so I've just been watching the video this morning having an absolute chuckle over this. So you get to watch this guy come up the driveway, steal the package, drive off with it in his car, and then you see the footage of him opening the package, glitter exploding everywhere inside the car. He's losing his mind. The smell is just unbearably throws it out the window and leaves it in a car park. <laughs> so, oh, it's so good. And of course it was, uh, I sent a notification to the, um, the NASA scientist's phone. So he clearly jumped in his car 
and he, and he tracked the package down and found it in the car park and managed to get all the footage. So, yeah, that's the story that Lyle told there's, me not there's to tell. A, uh, there's, a, there's, there's another, there's a longer YouTube that has like 20 people he catches this oh, way. Oh, really? Yeah, and, or, and it ends up in people's bedrooms, it ends up in people's cars, it ends up all over the place. Do you know what? I'm, su- I'm surprised that with all the footage that they have and all the addresses they would have gotten and the fingerprints, they couldn't just hand over like all of it and like rounded up 20 different thieves and just been cleaned the city out of its thieves. That would have been great, right? Yeah. That would have been a happy end to that story. Hmm. Anyway. I think it's a happy end that they got bombed with glitter and they're never getting rid of it. And every time they look at their car or their bedroom or wherever it went off, there's going to be spots of glitter and they're going to be reminded you are a thief. (laughs) That's it. it. The Bible says, thou shalt (laughs) not steal. steal. (laughs) Yeah, well, Lyle told me not to tell the story, but uh, there you go. No, I told it. it. I told it. Yeah. You, Blame me. You're so funny. Don't tell the story, Mon. Oh, by the way, everyone, there's a story <laughs> not to tell. <laughs> Let me tell you about some other good news happening. Um, so, uh, the, the US Food and Drug Administration, it's also coming from the US, uh, has approved the world's first device that could save thousands of premature babies. Um, so, this is, this is incredible. So, it's called, I'm going to see if I can pronounce this correctly. Forgive me if I don't. The Amplatza Piccolo Occluda. Does that, does, that, yeah. does that sound good? Meaningless. <laughs> so it's a it's a device. Um, it's uh it's it combats one of the most common life threatening conditions for premature, premature babies, uh, premies. Uh, it's a it's a, it's a medical device that actually can be implanted in the tiniest of babies, so even if they weigh as little as oh, what is two pounds in kilos? It's like hardly anything. It'd be like a, a kilo. kilo. Yeah, it'd be a kilo because it's like 500 grams per pound. So even if the baby's only a kilo, it can actually still be implanted. Um, it uses a minimally invasive procedure uh, to treat patent ducus arteriosus or PDA. You've heard of PDA? Yeah. Hang on, it's got the same initials as public display of affection. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sort of thinking, yeah, no, that, I'm, no, I'm thinking this is of the a bad different PDA. kind of PDA. <laughs> Not the PDA you do with your wife. This is a patent ductus arteriosus. And I, I, I've heard of it, but only in conjunction with premies. Um, so this, this, the Amplatza Piccolo, I'm just going to call it the Piccolo, okay? Just so I don't have to pronounce it all the time. It's even smaller than a small P. So can you imagine how tiny this thing, and this thing saves lives. Um, so it actually... Uh, you know, for, for little babies that need corrective treatment, uh, who may be non-responsive to medical management and uh, and have to go like high risk corrective surgery, and at that young of an age, and with the situation of them being premature, um, you know, survival rate is really low, mm. um, which is sad because it is actually quite a common defect. Um, it is it's a defect of the heart, just in case you're wondering what it is. So it's a it's a congenital uh, heart defect. Um, yes, it's it's. Well, to kind of explain it, it's, a, it's an opening between two blood vessels leading from the heart, which is uh, normally developing, it's present usually in developing fetuses, um, but it's sort of, in a way, misshapen in the premies. Mm, so, yeah, mm. so they, they implant these things, and like 60,000 babies per year are born with this. So, they implant this thing, and um, hemodyne. I should not have told this story. It is really great. The story. But it's so full of heavy sciencey words. Hemodynamically significant um uh, PDA, uh which is even worse and uh is it's sad as it's just so bad and there's so prominent of it. Uh, so, much, so much prominence of this uh PDA. Every time I say PDA, I feel like I'm saying something naughty. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they, they, it's self-expanding. So they put this piccolo in there. It's self-expanding. It has wire mesh device that um, actually wraps itself around. They put it actually in the leg 
of all places, mm-hmm. and uh, it goes through the vessels and it, it, it travels up to the heart and it wraps itself around the the deformity there. That's just so yeah. Yeah, it's 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 it's, wow. it's just it's just brain bending. Like it's even cooler than building a, a glitter bomb package, right? Infinitely cooler. Yeah, yeah. having a tiny pea sized device that you can uh, inject into a one kilo premature baby in its leg that travels through the blood vessels up to the heart and can then fix a heart defect. Isn't that incredible? That's just that's that what I should have explained so it bizarre. as. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before you were born Love from ages past I've sworn I hold you in my care My thoughts towards you are deep and vast More countless than the ocean sands From your first cry to your last breath Guys, we were just listening to Matt Minicus and Josie Minicus with Psalms 193 here on Faith FM. Mon, you got another clue for our quiz right there? Yes, I do. It's a What City Am I quiz. No one's called up yet, so I guess we must have them stumped. But clue number two is this. Jesse was from this city. There you go. If you know what city Jesse came from, then you know the answer. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and there is an amazing prize coming your way. Mon, I have some positively good news for you this morning. Tell me everything. Because this is my, I'm doing positively good news this morning. Yeah, that's strange. Okay. They have just enacted Sunday laws in the Pilbara. What? In the Pilbara? Yeah. Western Australia, your state. Where do you come from? What? Yeah. Please explain. <laughs> and this is awesome news. This is the best news ever. Uh, okay. Okay, so Pilbara, Western Australia has just enacted Sunday laws. Kind of. Okay, so they have banned the sale of packaged alf- alcohol. 
Amen. Cask wine, fortified wine, and anything bigger than 750 milliliters that has alcohol in it. Amen. On Sundays. Two. Oh. Now, I would like to have see them have uh, all week-long laws yeah, yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. just Sunday laws. But What's the reason of doing it on Sunday? Uh, you know, that's an interesting thought, and I really don't know the answer to that, but I do know that in, uh, where was it, Port Hedland, they have uh, banned the sale of alcohol altogether on Sundays. So all bottlers are closed on Sundays in uh, Port Hedland. Is it, is it because people work throughout the week, so they're not going to go and get sloshed, but on the weekend they've got nothing else to do, so they go to the pub and I think there's probably something to do with that. I mean, this is obviously a mining area, so you would imagine that there would be a lot of rotating shifts, mm-hmm. but... Be that as may, they've done the research and they've figured out this is the best way to tackle the problem. Yeah. Um, they have also um, banned bulk purchases of alcohol can only be uh, purchased by filling out a form and gaining police approval beforehand. Wow. They have banned discounted alcohol, so no specials anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they have banned the use of alcohol as uh, for prizes, for like competitions and so forth. And they have banned you from buying sending a taxi to buy alcohol for you. This is incredible. Oh, this is really good news. We need to see this across the country. Absolutely. I, I ha- I, and, and I have long gone on the record as being a very, very strong supporter of Prohibition. Mm-hmm. Prohibition works. Yeah. Um, all of the research points to the fact that Prohibition works and any form of Prohibition is a good thing. And Prohibition worked in the United States uh, during the Depression. It worked remarkably well. Uh, we, you know, we certainly had some famous gangsters that came out as a result of that. But when you weigh that up against the benefits that it brought to society, uh, you know, your cost benefit analysis is, uh, is, 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 you know, very, very significant. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they've, uh, limited, um, sale of alcohol to one slab per day. Three bottles of wine and one liter of spirits, and this is per individual. I'm just sort of thinking by the time you know, an individual that's gets through a slab of beer, three bottles of wine, and a liter of spirits in one day, that's still a fair chunk. Yeah, how many cans are a slab? But the thing that I don't remember, but the thing that goes through my mind is that if you're enacting this kind of a ban, how much alcohol are people drinking? Yeah, because yeah, that's still if a this is actually amount. seen as being a ban. I mean, that's a lot of that's alcohol lot. right there. That's a lot. It's a lot of uh, toxic. Rocket fuel that you are putting or into your body like, that is. Is it one or the other? Like you can have one slab or two bottles of wine or. No, no, no. It's no, the whole. No, b- no. Wow. So, so to have a band like that and to see that as being something that may be effective, you obviously have individuals who are buying far more than that in mm-hmm. the past. Mm-hmm. And you just, it just makes you wonder how does that even happen? But this but is. Even that area. much liquid, irrespective of what kind of liquid it is, that's a lot of liquid to be consuming in one day. Like I'm, I'm all for drinking more water. But once you've reached like well, four alcohol liters, does the opposite of water because water hydrates you, whereas alcohol dehydrates you. Yeah, but you're still so consuming alcohol, a lot of calories, like, you know, like kilojoules. Oh yeah, and a lot of fluid. And, and and people talk about you know how much they enjoy a cold beer on a hot day. Mm. Is is actually the worst thing you can have on a hot day because it will dehydrate you? Yeah. And if you are, of course, you know, marooned on a desert island or stuck on a raft at sea or something or other, and you have any alcohol present with you then you need to throw that overboard immediately because the temptation will come, you know, sooner or later to actually drink yeah. that and, and it will then kill state. you. Yeah. You'll yeah. be in a worse state than if you didn't drink it. Absolutely. I, I would you're say, better off to drink seawater. Yeah. If you're like marooned on a desert island and you have some alcohol, don't, don't chuck it. Make a fire out of it. Ah, yeah. There you <laughs> Send go. Send up some smoke signals. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> Absolutely. All right. So this is a result of a domestic violence situation that is ten. Sorry, oh. seven seven times higher than Perth. Oh wow. Yeah. That's extreme. So, um, a ha- at least a half of all domestic violence that takes place is there is in the Pilbaras is a result of alcohol. Uh, one third of all domestic in- violence there involves children. And 30% of children in the Pilbara have fetal alcohol spect- spectrum. <gasps> 30%? Yeah, this is massive That's stats. That's enormous. And so this is a re- this has come about as a result of calls by the police to actually step in and do something about the alcohol problem across the region. Just for, just for people who are not sure how kids get alcohol fetal syndrome, it's very easy. All you need to do is get a woman who's pregnant and drinks while she's pregnant. Yep. And it can be one drink. And it's done the damage. Just one drink. That's how toxic alcohol is to a fetus. Mm-hmm. Like just one drink when she's pregnant, and the and the baby's done. That's why drinking is dangerous. Because even if even if before the woman realizes she's pregnant, if she doesn't even realize that she's pregnant yet, and she drinks, it it could be too late. They are also rolling out a banned drinkers register. Wow! So certain people wow. that are not allowed to purchase alcohol. This is amazing news. Oh, it's good news. This and, is really and good I'm news. just like roll this out across the country. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so then we have this individual by the name of Bart. Parsons, mm-hmm. name and shame. Uh, the uh, he, he's in charge of the uh, West Pilbara Liquor Accord. Of course, he is. Okay, um, and he has said that this is very disappointing. Yeah, it's disappointing to his back pocket. Yeah, I was going to say disappointing to. Um, and he says it's going to create a stigma. It's not making people want to come to the region. Now, I have to tell you that I am an outback traveller and an outback explorer, Mm -hmm. and there are few things that would make me want more to travel to a region than to know that they are doing something about the alcohol problem in the outback. The moment I hear this, I'm like, yes, yeah, I'm going to go there. It's going to be so much safer than what it was before. Do you know what makes me not want to go there? Finding out that they have a domestic violent rate seven times higher than Perth. That's what makes me not want to go there, not the fact that they're doing something about it. Doing something about it says like, yeah, yeah, I want to. Yeah. I want to. I want to go visit. I want to visit this place. I want to feel a whole lot safer going there this year uh-huh. than last year. Yeah. Um, and uh, his comment on the uh, banned drinkers reg- register is like, oh, it segregates part of society even further. Oh, shame on you, but yeah, it's like seriously. It's not fixing the problem this at all. is this is somebody who is trading mm-hmm. in death. Absolutely, it's exactly. He's making is. money out of misery. This is somebody who knows. That you know, half of all of the domestic violence that is taking place in that region is as a result of his product. Mm-hmm. He is a contributor to half of all of the domestic violence in he- that, and, and he's going to stand up and say this kind of thing. He should hang his hang his head in shame and disappear to the other side of the planet where nobody can find him. He's just a glorified drug dealer. That's all people who work with alcohol are. Yeah, well, alcohol is a drug. Yeah, you're just dealing it's, drugs. It's, That's all a, it is. I, I get that it's legal, but uh, you know, it doesn't change the fact that you're a drug dealer. Yeah. Uh, the mayor, of course, she's come out from the, and this is Camilo Blanco. So uh, this is the opposite of shame and shame. This name and shame. This is name and, name and praise. Amen. She is calling for stronger legislation. Oh yes. She's like, this is not even going far enough. So go, Camilo. I'm very happy. Camilo Blanco. We should write her a letter and congratulate her and support That's her. It's Camilo. Is that a he or a she? Is Cam- Camilla? Is Camilla is a chick. But Camilo. It could be either way these days. Anyway, Camilo Blanco, whoever you are, um, fantastic news and uh, yeah. 
Go you. We need to get a segment. We need to get a recording of this segment and send it to Camillo and just congratulate him, her. <laughs> Absolutely. Congratulate Absolutely. them on the, on the excellent decision making. Okay. Uh, in the last couple of minutes here, let's uh, just talk about the, uh, the top 10 searches on Wikipedia. Oh, yes. For 2018. Ooh, la, la. What are people most interested in educating themselves over? Number one uh, was deaths in 2018. Uh, number two was the FIFA World Cup. Number three was Infinity War. Number four was EXO, which is a music band. Number five was Meghan Markle. Number six was Freddie Mercury. Number seven was Black Panther. Uh, number eight was Elizabeth II. Number nine, Stephen Hawking. And number ten was uh, the list of Marvel, Marvel Universe films. <laughs> so uh, really, when you look at that list, we are interested in a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's like entertainment and royalty. That wasn't very impressive at all. Unfortunately not. Anyway, this is Candace Bergen coming right up. And P.S. Camilo Blanco is a dude.
Mac Eyes, you're listening to Candice Bergen there with the song Jesus, and we're going to be talking to her in just a moment. But before we do, Mon, you've got another clue for our quiz there? Of course I do. Our What City Am I quiz. Next clue is this. Out of this city came a ruler over Israel whose origins are from ancient times. Mm, Cryptic. What, what city might that be? Give us a call if you know the that answer. Would be, uh one eight hundred faith FM. Stop talking. I'm gonna give it away. You can see it on your Micah face. Micah chapter. Five. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. that was an extra clue sneaking it in. One eight hundred faith FM is the number. Okay, Candice uh, was just. We were just listening to Candice uh, singing that uh, song Jesus there a moment ago. But Candice, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much. It uh, yeah, great to have you on the show today, Candice. Now, Candice, we 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 um. I've sort of we we met over the weekend and and had a few moments to chat and um, I found out some things about you. You are a a singer songwriter. You work in uh, health evangelism um, and are involved in Bible work, all kinds of different things. A person of of many many different skills. Candice, I wonder whether you could tell us tell us a little bit about, about your journey of faith. How was it that you that you came to God? You know, it's actually, it's amazing. And every time I think about it, it just, it just totally blows my mind. Um, I was, uh, born into a family that were Christian. But what happened was when I was very young, around five years old, they left, uh, being Christians. They had a lot of trials in their life and they kind of gave up on God altogether to such a point that they totally, yeah, God was not mentioned in our home. We didn't even ever pray. We knew nothing about God. So all of us kids, you know, we grew up just like as atheists. We didn't know anything. We didn't ascribe to anything. We didn't even go to church on Christmas. Like that's how bad we were. <laughs> okay, so, and, so you know, um, just, just, just asking a quick question there. When you're, you said when you were, you were young, your parents were Christians. Were they like, you know, really, really fringe kind of Christians, um, just sort of hanging on by their, their fingernails, so to speak, um, and then they just drifted out? Is that how that happened? Actually, you know what? It was the total opposite. Um, my dad was really uh, active in, you know, sharing the gospel and he was doing Bible work and all sorts of stuff. But, you know, sometimes when we have these big tests in our walk, if we don't rely on God, we just lose hope and we just give up. And it's true what the Bible says, you know, when you reject the light, you almost end up in seven times darkness than what you were. And so, yeah, they just totally left God altogether. <laughs> and um, and our whole lives, I guess, you know, we didn't even sort of know or remember those earlier days. So we grew up just not really knowing anything about God. And, um, you know, I fell into um, different situations in my late teens. Um, I got involved in drugs and all sorts of things. I got to the point where once I left school, I was actually dealing drugs. And I became an addict and, yeah, had a couple of drug overdoses. And it came to the point where uh, lots of amazing providential things happened in my life within the span of a couple of months. And, uh, you know, at the end of 2001, just after September 11 happened, it sort of really shocked me and, and sort of woke me up. And with everything that was happening in my life, um, yeah, Jesus stooped very low, picked me up, revealed his great love to me, and I accepted him as my Lord and Saviour. Now, did this did this did this correlate with uh, what was happening in your family at the same time, or were you did you were you the person who sort of instigated? Uh, because I mean, they must have been looking on and thinking, okay, our daughter is uh, you know addicted to drugs. She's a drug dealer. This is this is not a good path to be going down. You know, maybe we shouldn't have walked away from God. Um, what's going on with the rest of your family at this time? 
So we were all kind of a bit messed up, actually. Um, you know, it was my dad who gave me my first um, experience with marijuana <laughs> when I was all of 14. So they were all messed up as well. So my dad was an addict. Uh, my mum, you know, was heavily involved with alcohol because she couldn't handle the way my dad was dealing with life, you know, through his addictions. So we all had, you know, we weren't we weren't having a very good existence, each one of us, in our own walks. Um, and, yeah, I think, you know, sometimes when... In order for us to look up, we really have to get quite low. We have to think so low in order to look up. And I think for all of us, these amazing catalysts happen in each one of our lives. And actually within about two, three months, our entire family had come for us kids. We came to just accept God for the first time in our life. My mum and dad actually got reconverted. So there were, it's an amazing story. It's actually quite long and involved, but the way God worked, it's, Incredible. Yeah, that's just absolutely sensational. And I guess because your 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 family had been previous Christians, you know, they they knew the way back, but they just needed to find that way. I guess. But um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, for my mum and dad, if it wasn't for a friend who they hadn't seen for like twenty years coming to our town and saying, "Hey, let's catch up." You know, they would never have got reconverted. It was just amazing. Like all these things happened. See, for them it was easier because they actually knew what they had. But for us it was hard because we never knew, we never had anything. Mm. You know, so we had to sort of learn things from scratch and just, and just know, you know, even how to pray and, and who God was and how mighty and powerful he is. So yeah, we really came in as babes. <laughs> so, um, You've had this amazing experience, and, that, and and your life has been quite a journey since then. You've you've had uh, many yeah. different adventures. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about uh, how did you become involved in um, health evangelism, and 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 what exactly um, is health evangelism? How does that work? Yeah. Okay. So actually, um, once I sort of accepted uh, God as you know as my savior, um, my family found out that there was this health and wellness retreat. Um, and they said, you need to go there and detox. You're so full of poisons. And it was true. Actually, when I gave up um, everything, I went cold turkey and through the power of God, you know, I never went back to any of that stuff. But I had a Job-like experience where I had boils open up all over my body just to release the poisons from me. So because I had such a big reaction, mum and dad said, you know what, you need to go down. There's this place and they'll teach you how to be healthy. So I went down to this health retreat as a guest and it changed my life. And just to realize that, wow, God actually made me. He knit me in my mother's womb, and I'm so fearfully made, and my body can heal itself if given the right conditions. I just fell in love with this whole concept. And, you know, every time I read a story from the Gospels, I saw that Jesus did more healing than he did preaching. And as he helped people with their physical needs, he then went on and said, you know what, follow me. I've got some other help in those spiritual realm too. So I fell in love with this whole concept and I thought, if Jesus asked me to follow him, I want to do what he did. I want to be like a medical missionary. I want to help people with their physical needs, but also let them know that there's help for their spiritual needs as well. Mm, fantastic. And uh, you obviously did some, um, some, some some training because you mentioned that you know when you came to God, you were a teenager. So I'm yeah. thinking you're a teenager at this time. Um, that then takes you down a, a, a career path. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah, tell oh, us about well, that. Who, who would have thought, you know, coming from the most unhealthiest person that's ever existed, and, um, you know, I was so acidic and poisonous um, that I had arthritis and osteoporosis even at that young age. I was diagnosed by three health professionals that um, I had the spine of an eight-year-old woman and that within 18 months I would be in a wheelchair and I'd have to end up living in an old people's home. How long ago so was this? I, this was just after I accepted God. <laughs> And, um, yeah, and so I was shocked to think that, you know, all of my drug abuse for all of those years, you know, I mean, I was smoking like six, 
30 cigarettes a day, drinking copious amounts of alcohol and taking every kind of drug under the sun. So it was no wonder that I had these results. And, you know, um, I wanted to learn how to help myself. So I started down the path of, of just learning what I could about the human body. So, you know, first, I mean, I became a, co- a colon irrigation therapist. Then I became a masseuse. Then I became a naturopath. And also throughout all these years, I've gone and really pursued a lot of different qualifications in that natural health realm. Um, you know, for the aim of one day being able to be that person that helped me out when I needed it the most and to give guidance to those who, you know, are told, oh, there's no hope for you. you, you know, you can never overcome this thing, you can never overcome that, you'll have to stay on drugs for the rest of your life. You know, with Jesus, there is hope for the hopeless. And so, yeah, I've been working towards that point uh, my whole life, actually. <laughs> so you've gone from being a drug taker, a drug addict, a drug dealer, to being somebody who works with natural therapies um, with, I guess, drug-free um, remedies. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, currently at the moment, I'm the head practitioner of a health retreat called Abide Wellness Retreat. And that's located in Victoria, about two hours out of Melbourne. And what uh, we actually do is we educate people that there is hope of better things, you know. We educate them how disease actually comes, how to prevent it, and how to even treat it with lifestyle and dietary modification if they happen to have something. And, you know, we guide them along the way. We use herbs, we use hydrotherapy, we use poultices. We use everything that is needed for the body to have the right conditions for it to heal itself. And I tell you what, there's just amazing miracles happen every week. It's just, this is the greatest job on earth. I love it. Tell us some <laughs> of the stories. Tell us some of the stories that you've had of, uh, of, of seeing people's lives changed. Oh, you know, there's so many and it's hard to sort of narrow it down to just a few. But um, we had one lady recently who for 20 years had incontinence. And she had gone and had every kind of health, uh, professional look at her and had uh, multiple operations and yet she was none better in fact she was more she was worse and she came to us and almost didn't even come because she was afraid that she would you know have accidents and and yeah that she would be embarrassed but you know we said look let's just do what we can to try and help you and and we did everything for her and within two days of her being at the wellness retreat she said you know what she came into my office and she was so excited and overwhelmed she said, for the first time in 20 years, I have no incontinence. I have no pain. I have nothing. Two and, days. and I was even shocked. I was even shocked. Yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. I mean, we, we notice differences, you know, quicker than you can ever see because we're giving the body the very best conditions. But, yeah, even even I was just amazed. And she said, this was the best decision I ever made. It's changed my life. And she just didn't think that that could even be possible. And then, you know, we've had other ones where they've had um, – um, every kind of disease and ailment we get and um, and it's fantastic because we see them change within days and within weeks. It's just amazing. Um, I don't even know where else to start. There's so many. <laughs> sure, sure. Now, you're also a Bible worker as well, I understand. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, to be a medical missionary like Jesus was, Jesus would teach, but he would also heal. So it's good to be balanced and have um, a bit of, you know, experience in both of those realms. So I've... Um, lived and worked all around the world, worked in the natural health realm, and I've also studied Bible, uh, how to teach the Bible, and I've also taught the Bible around the world as well. And um, just for the last 18 months, actually, I've been a Bible worker in Tasmania ah, for yes, a couple the, of the, churches the, the, down there. The promised there. land, the promised oh. land. I'm yes. <laughs> just ignore him, Candace. He says <laughs> every single time someone says the word Tasmania. It, 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 yeah, it was a pretty amazing place. But, you know, now I'm here in Melbourne, and, um, yeah, and I think, Really, it's it's wonderful to help people with the physical help, but you know that it seems as if nine nine out of ten people actually have 
some kind of an emotional um, distress. You know, they'll have guilt or remorse or discontentment, um, unforgiveness, you know. And these things, unless people are helping children how to let go of this and to move on from these things, their physical symptoms will always hang around. And there's, oh, I've had so much experience in this realm. Anyone that comes to us with sickness, whether it's physical, we always help, um, you know, to guide them through getting rid of that spiritual anxiety because really they just can't move on physically and heal if that other part is not taken care of. So we spend a lot of time with that. So, yeah, letting them know that there is hope and that they can have peace and that they can have unforgiveness, you know, and so that they can have forgiveness. You told me a story the other day about meeting a, a woman who were, was um, pretty much as sour as a lemon. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, you know, I love how God works. He always opens up divine appointments wherever you are. And, um, you know, one time uh, I was just driving home and there was a big semi-trailer right behind me. And um, he was coming up right behind me. And so I quickly just thought I'll pull down some random suburban street. And as I pulled down there and I went to do a U-turn to come back out, I noticed that there was a lady with a great big lemon tree. And, you know, being a health um, enthusiast, I, I thought, oh, I'm just going to see if I can get a whole bag of lemons for her for a couple of dollars, right? Because they're always expensive at a shop. So I just went to her front door and I knocked on it and I said, oh, hello, I happen to notice that you have a lemon tree here and I would just love to, you know, get a bag off you and just let me know how much it would cost. And she was so bitter and mean and nasty. She said, I don't have one lemon to spare. Why would you think you could get a lemon for me? And I looked out at her tree and there were like kilos of lemons going rotten on the ground. And, um, and, and I said, oh, look, that's fine. You actually said I'm a bit of a health nut and I just love lemons and they're so good for alkalizing you. And then she started to soften. And then she said, well, you know what, my daughter, she has all these problems, blah, 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 it's always the way. And so I sort of, you know, gave her a mini consult right there and then at the door. And um, at the end, you know, we had really, the barriers were broken down. She had no longer had a sour look on her face. She was happy and, um, you know, she said, oh, let me give you some lemons. And she gave me bags and bags of lemons. And then as I went out to the car to put them in there, I thought, oh, I've been telling her all about health. And I'd love to give her this little book called Ministry of Healing. This book changed my life when I first started learning about health. And so I went looking all through my car and it wasn't there. And so anyway, I prayed and I said, Lord, I'd really love to give this, you know, health book to this lady. I think that she really needs it at this time. Can you please do something? Anyway, I felt impressed just to look underneath the, my chair and I put my hand under there, which I had already just looked at before. I had searched that area. But then guess what was there? This book, exactly, Ministry of Healing. I pulled out this little book. I went back up to the front and gave it to her, and she was just so happy and overwhelmed. And, yeah, just amazing experiences. And I really believe that that book would have, you know, continued to uh, change her life in this realm and her daughter's as well. So, Candice, not only are you a, uh, a, a naturopath with many qualifications, a, a, uh, a, a health evangelist, you're also a singer-songwriter. We're about to listen to one of your songs off uh, um, your album that is currently uh, just come out called Blessed is the One. Uh, give us a quick introduction to this song. Yeah, Blessed is the One is a song that is sung from one friend to another who are on their journey, you know, to the promised land. And, you know, when you think about um, it's based on the story of, you know, Thomas, Gouting Thomas, <laughs> how, you know, Jesus said, blessed are those who believe without seeing, um, because theirs is the kingdom of God. So this song is, you know, about, you know, we're going to have struggles, we're going to have trials, but I'm here for you, but there's someone who's even closer than you, your best friend, Jesus Christ. And so this song is, if you can believe in him, 
you'll be blessed because one day you'll get to see him face to face. Candice Bergen, thank you so much for joining us on Faith FM. This is Candice with Blessed is the One. Thanks, guys. Remind me 
once again just who I am because I need to know. the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. 